welcome to PBF Podcast number 24. This is Romeo 1 Oscar. Those of you listening, just wanted to give you a heads up too. We do have a 25 should be working on later today. I'll be joined by Nat G and Lucky for some uh, group discussion on that. A few items. <clears throat> so um, the Portland shooting from a week ago, we now know that Michael Reinel was actually laying in wait for J. Aaron J. Danielson. There's images that have appeared which show Rhino actually in an alcove near a garage waiting for both Jay and uh, Jay's friend there. Um, more to the point to show this was a targeted hit. It it, it definitely contradicts, you know, um, Reinel in his little propaganda piece that Vice ran was showing that, or he was claiming that it was self-defense, but this definitely shows that this is not true. Danielson did die from a single gunshot wound. Now, one of the things that I've noticed as well in the press recently is they're talking about how they were both armed. Again, to try to push the propaganda out there. The corporate press, the more I read these things, the more I recognize they're the enemy. Simply because an article, you know, for example, from the TwinCities.com, Michael Reinel, Aaron Danielson, both armed at Portland protest court documents reveal. The document said Aaron J. Danielson, a supporter of a right-wing group called Patriot Prayer, was wearing a gloated lock gloated clock pistol in a holster and had bear spray in an extended bandable metal baton when someone said something like wanna go which is frequently a challenge to a fight that's just a horrible sentence had bear spray and an expandable metal baton when someone said something like wanna go doesn't even make sense but the fact that you're carrying something in defense they're trying to say is offensive And we know, too, that Rhino was completely unstable. It's pretty obvious. So it looks as if the documents, and this is from OregonLive.com, that Rhino was going to be charged with second-degree murder. 
So it was Portland police obtained a warrant Thursday afternoon charging Rhino with second degree murder with a weapon and unlawful use of a weapon. That night, four officers from three different Washington agencies shot at Rhino after he walked out of an apartment outside Lacey, Washington and tried to flee. Several witnesses told police they saw Danielson holding a can of mace or bear spray and then heard two shots. Again, to try to support the narrative that bear spray was the reason why he was shot. When you watch the video and it's clear that he was targeted. Also, with the video of Rhino waiting in the garage, the images are up on our telegram if you don't show that. And apparently, the bear spray actually protected him with the first shot. Police found damage to the bear spray canister that was retrieved from the street, leading investigators to believe it was struck by the first of two bullets fired by Rhino. Police slowed down video captured by a live streamer of the shooting and said it appeared that a shot was fired followed by an explosion of the chemical and then a quick second gunshot. This contradicts the idea that Rhino was shot with the pepper spray. And they even say here, no, Chandler Pappas is the other guy. Sorry, Chandler, if you're listening to us. Rhino is seen holding in, hiding in an alcove of the garage and reaching into a pouch or waistband as Danielson and a friend Chandler Pappas walked south on 3rd Avenue. Homicide detective Rico Baniga wrote that Rhino conceals himself, waits, and watches as Danielson and Pappas pass him. After the two men go by, Rhino followed them, walking west across the street moments before the gunshots were fired. Investigators said it appeared as if Rhino stood holding the gun with both hands extended when he fired. After the shots, his, hand, his right hand remained extended and pointed at Danielson before he turned and ran away. Now, one of the stories of this security, as he liked to tell people he was, was that he was Army. The Army has verified that they have no record of him ever having served in the Army. So, taking that stolen valor to an entirely new level. And Facebook, not to relinquish its continued propaganda as they have banned people who express support for Kyle Rittenhouse, but do not ban people who express support for Rhino. Right? That's what we found. And their continued push from the post-millennial, we find out that Facebook takes down Patriot Prayer account days after the murder of one of their members. This is from Libby, Libby Emmons. 
Facebook has taken down pages for Patriot Prayer, as well as the account of its leader, Joey Gibson. And Gibson is facing charges for confronting Antifa members at a bar they were at as they attacked Gibson last year. They charged Gibson with rioting because that makes sense. Back to the article. Gibson said that there were other members of the group whose accounts were also taken down. Chandler Pappas and his friend Aaron Danielson, who was murdered by the an avowed member of Antifa in Portland on August 29, both wore Patriot Prayer hats. Pappas wore his during an interview with Tucker Carlson. So, Patriot Prayer, which is a Christian group, had their page, supporters had their pages removed. Facebook noted that they had already pulled many pages that were either calling for violence or advocating for civil unrest. But they go on to say, that intentions towards violence and mayhem are not the only reasons that they may have pulled pages from their platform. We have seen growing movements that, while not directly organizing violence, have celebrated violent acts, shown that they have weapons and suggest that they will use them, or have individual followers with patterns of violence. Because of this, the expanded dangerous individuals and organizations policy to address organizations and movements that have demonstrated significant risks to public safety but do not meet the rigorous criteria to be designated as dangerous organizations and banned from having any presence on our platform. So, it's a very subjective criteria now. But what's interesting is they have left many Antifa groups up. Baltimore Antifa, Antifa International, and praising the man who killed Jay is allowed on the platform. Clown World Extreme, my friends, whereby one side always seems to take the brunt of these what do you want to call it these purges these online Maoist revolutionary moments one side takes the brunt while the other side receives tacit support whether it be Reddit whether it be Facebook whether it be Twitter, whether it be YouTube.
I don't know how many people saw on our page or our Instagram last night, or Telegram, excuse me, saw our Instagram page or our Telegram, but thousands of Antifa BLM, Blam Tifa, flood Rochester, threatening and smashing restaurants, and the customers were fleeing in terror. So, for those that don't know, a video was released earlier this week involving the death of a black man, Daniel Prude, in police custody in Rochester. He died back in March. There were some marches earlier this week, and thousands came out last night. You can see them actually swarming restaurants. People were sitting at restaurants trying to eat. And then these mostly peaceful protests were even challenging cops. Many of the tactics that they used remind me quite similarly of the tactics that we have seen in places like Portland or Seattle or New York. They went through residential neighborhoods. They chanted at people at the restaurants that they needed to join them. Probably raise their fist in support. One of the chants that I heard too was out of your homes and into the streets in the residential neighborhoods. And they were very proud of what they were doing. They even were chanting things like we shut shit down. They shut down traffic. They would go into businesses and demand they shut it down. They were turning tables over. They were pushing patrons around. This really is the Maoist Red Guard type of thing we're seeing in action here. So whereas previously we've seen them go into restaurants and demand that people raise a fist, they're now telling people to get out of the restaurant and join in. One of the very interesting videos that I saw was them climbing onto people's roofs in homes around Rochester. And of course we know that there will be no condemnation coming from the current political candidate of the Democrat Party running for president or his real president, Kamala. There are videos of them actually trying to break into apartment buildings wearing their BLM. They were throwing bottles and other projectiles at the cops. And they made sure to demand people to delete videos because don't record the crimes. Because they do recognize that that damages their cause, has damaged their cause. Even as they set bus stops on fire. Shall be interesting to see what occurs tonight as the protest 
mostly peaceful. There was even a story, I think it was The Hill, that put out a story saying how 90% of the protests this summer were peaceful. Now, let's think back to, especially June time frame, how many protests there were out there. 10% not being peaceful is pretty extreme. But again, the corporate press is on the side of these people. They're on the side of mayhem and destruction. Back to our buddy Zuckerberg. This comes from justthenews.com, but Zuckerberg is pouring $250 million into groups funding voting drives in Wisconsin and Democratic strongholds. Another example of the new corporate alignment with the Democrats. Facebook's billionaire founder, Mark Zuckerberg, and his wife, Priscilla Chan, have gifted a quarter of a billion dollars to an election activist group pushing more major government voting initiatives in several Democratic strongholds in the battleground state of Wisconsin. The Center for Tech and Civic Life, a group which styles itself as a team of civic technologists, trainers, researchers, election administration and data experts working to foster a more informed and engaged democracy and helping to modernize U.S. elections. The organization plans to regrant the money to local election jurisdictions across the country to help ensure that they have staffing, training, equipment necessary so that this November every eligible voter, voter can participate in a safe and timely way and have their vote counted of course now we see that facebook has thrown in full support behind mail-in voting which we have covered many times which we know is really just a cover for voter fraud remembering that in patterson new jersey some 20 percent of the votes were rejected Notably, the CCTL has already poured a significant amount of money into a voting initiative in five Wisconsin cities. The organization announced in early July that it had partnered with the cities to implement the Wisconsin Safe Voting Plan, a vision for a safe, inclusive, and secure voting process in 2020 elections proposed by the mayors of those cities. Now, let's get into how it actually goes for the strongholds. The organization appears to target Democratic strongholds. The five Wisconsin cities in Philadelphia all have extensive histories of voting for Democrats. Five of the six municipalities voted in favor of Hillary Clinton during the 2016 election, with only Kenosha going for Trump. So that's Green Bay, Kenosha, Madison, Milwaukee, and Racine. They put $10 million into Philadelphia. 
the organization said last month that they were launching a COVID-19 response rural grant program. And it will offer safe voting options in all jurisdictions across the country. The article says that they are a nonpartisan group. They claim they are a nonpartisan group. But the watchdog group Influence Watch is a center-left election reform advocacy group. So ultimately what we're seeing here is another example of the tech giants, the tech oligarchs in our country interfering in our voting process and targeting specific regions as they are advocating for mail-in voting as they decline to allow people to praise specific individuals who carry out a response to being attacked in places like Kenosha. You will be banned from their platform. They are putting money into these mail-in voting, which are fraud initiatives. I mean, we know historically that oligarchs have played their games. It's uh, such an interesting thing when these oligarchs run the major forms of news dissemination in our country on these tech platforms. And they are able to use their role on these platforms and their control of these platforms to control the media, to control what is disseminated, to ban people who have wrong think. So the Atlantic story came out. And the interesting thing is how the Atlantic story dropped and it seems like a way that was coordinated to put Trump on the defensive because we know that Biden was on the defensive. This seems to have been a strategic move and very well coordinated. I mean, even the articles that were thrown at Biden yesterday, the articles, excuse me, the questions, when he did his question and answer, very softball questions as it related to this. And really to allow him, I mean, (laughs) I think somebody described this, uh, I heard this yesterday, where what we saw was the Biden is sitting, standing at home plate and somebody basically throws the ball over the fence and lets Biden run around and they call it a home run. That's how they described the media. So, background. The Atlantic ran story from anonymous sources claiming that the president didn't go to an American cemetery in France two years ago because he called military members losers and suckers. It's, it's, it's such of a cartoon evil. <laughs> the losers, the suckers. And, I mean, the story has been debunked, but 
It doesn't matter. I mean, even John Bolton, who I don't know anybody was <laughs> big supporter of Bolton in his inflammatory book that came out earlier this year confirms this. It is a way to try to break down veteran support. I saw many, many woke vets going after this. And there's a group that's called Vote Vets. They claim they had no advanced knowledge of the story, but yet they had many people ready to help support this. They had Gold Star families ready to give interviews. And it's such a shame to be abusing Gold Star families because I know that many other veterans like myself hold them to high esteem. But the Democrats have no shame. The left has no shame. And even more of the media played into it. This comes from Breitbart. Peter Alexander, NBC's White House correspondent, invited President Donald Trump on Friday to apologize for allegedly disparaging, disparaging fallen military personnel. The unsubstantiated allegations, which included no evidence, were published by The Atlantic on Thursday. And even sources from inside The Atlantic said it was a hit piece. And we know the Atlantic has a very strong history of supporting neocon ideas, even going back to World War I, where their propaganda was noted as helping to prepare the American populace to support this war. The Atlantic alleged that Trump derided Americans who died in wars as losers, citing unidentified people with first-hand knowledge. It's always that, isn't it? It's always, you look at these articles, and anything that's a hit piece comes out of the White House. It's always anonymous, but they have first-hand knowledge. And then even Joe Biden got into it. When my son volunteered and joined the United States military and went to Iraq for a year and won the Bronze Star, he was not a sucker. <laughs> I mean, it just it, doesn't it feel like coordination to you guys? And so, well, okay, let's add a few other things. BuzzFeed did a FOIA request, Freedom of Information Act. There are documents they obtained where Marine One was told to not fly because of the danger of the conditions in the atmosphere. Let's just be clear on that. But that doesn't matter because they're propagandist. But here's what Alexander said. Sir, do you need to apologize to military service members and veterans? Trump, no. 
It's a fake story written by a magazine that is probably not going to be around much longer. But it was a totally fake story. And that was confirmed by many people who were actually there. It was a terrible thing that somebody could say the kind of things, and especially to me, because I've done more for the military than anybody else. You look at how the VA is doing. It's doing incredibly well. We got all sorts of things done, from accountability to veterans' choice. And it's got, right now, the highest approval rating that's ever had. 91% approval rating. And it's true. Trump even says that it's a disgrace they're allowed to do it. I mean, it's such propaganda. It's painful, though, too, because you see people just consuming it. Moments later, Alexander joined MSNBC for a live segment in which he framed the allegation as credible. Of course he did. Obviously, the Atlantic story resonates, even as the president dismisses it, because we've heard publicly from the president as he spoke about John McCain. <laughs> in 2015, he said McCain was only a war hero because he was captured. And he likes those who are not captured. So it really does raise the questions about the president's view of service and sacrifice. I know so many service members who have interacted with him. There's a guy I know that actually sat with Trump and Melania at the Nationals game last year. And this was the game where we were told everybody booed at the Nationals game. And... Uh, this guy, he's a West Point graduate, former Green Beret, lost his legs, and uh, a bunch of disabled vets were invited to join Trump at that. And he let us know that uh, Trump was not booed, but also that how crazy it was. Um, well, not crazy, but how great Trump supported these veterans and how even Melania did. I really do think that this is a way to put Trump on the defensive because Joe Biden has been on the defensive. Because of the violence that has occurred, because Biden was going down in the polls, this really is a coordinated hit, in my opinion. This is a way to shift the narrative away from their weakness, especially when Rhino was killed the night before. Which, I mean, Blamtifa are, are just the shock troops of the left. But this is how the media coordinates. They really are, in a lot of ways, the propaganda arm of the DNC. All right, this is Romeo One Oscar, and I am out. <laughs>